Welcome to Acquire, Tearsheets Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Tearsheets Head of Studio, Rebecca Cohen. Today's episode is all about building financial literacy. Financial literacy as a solution to a financially stressed America, of course, and also as a medium for branding and marketing. A few fintechs are doing this while Stash, agreeably, is one of them. Stash is, of course, a personal finance app that aims to make investing accessible to the 99%. Of Americans, and to get the 99% of Americans investing, they first need to understand a thing or two <laughs> about their financial picture. And for some background, for some background, financial literacy not doing so hot in America right now. Um, but I wouldn't really know because I couldn't find the most recent figure. Right? I found uh, the most recent one was 2014 S&P Global Financial Literacy Survey. Maybe I'm completely mistaken, and if you have a more recent number, please send that my way. Um, but that's what I found. Um, and he reported 57% of Americans are financially literate. So they were able to to understand three out of four key concepts, um, some some creative way of, of assessing that. A big issue that they reported, which perhaps is why this often quoted figure is actually so old, is that financial literacy is really hard to assess and has different definitions and standards across states. But um, figures aside, I think financial literacy is just a problem. We know this. When fintechs are able to address it by way of building and strengthening their own brand, then it's a win-win. So I got the chance to virtually sit down with Stash's CMO, Dale Sperling, to pick her brain about how, without needing to spend a whole lot of um, marketing budgets, Stash is able to use creativity and data and the right partnerships to develop and strengthen their brand mission of financial literacy across America in their campaign, Stash 101 and beyond. Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. So before we start talking about financial literacy and Stash 101, just a little bit of background. Dale, you've been doing marketing for pretty much your entire career, uh, according to my quick LinkedIn stalking, and you've been doing it at Stash for seven plus years, which I think is a pretty impressive track record. And I wonder if we could just take a second before we get into it to pick your brain about the industry at large. I'm always curious, what can you tell us about the landscape of branding and marketing and finance over the past seven or so years? Wow. Um, it's been a journey. And um, I can tell you the only thing constant is change. And, um, you know, the unique role of the CMO has evolved uh, over the years, uh, certainly over the 20 plus years I've been in the space. And um, what the CMO needs to do in any organization is really adjust to the dynamics of of the team of the organizational design and and be a chameleon almost right like what does the organization organization need from the CMO at that time and um, at, at a fintech startup in the beginning um, I wasn't CMO I was just a marketing consultant um, and I was growth I was focused on growth and uh, how do we get product market fit? How do we figure out how to get customers to our front door? How do we even figure out if this is a product that people will want to use? And so um, a lot of the work in, in the marketing space was driven in research and UXR and, and growth and figuring out if we have a product that resonates, how do we make it work? And how do we get people to um, come to the front door and actually convert? And then and then that sort of evolved into more data analytics and and advertising and um, making sure that we could grow fast once we figured out we had product market fit. And then 
more more needs came from the marketing you know demands and, and that's really how do we retain our customers how do we, now that we have them here at the front door how do we make sure they have a really amazing experience how do we deliver advice and education how do we keep them engaged and retained and so as as the organization has evolved the the role of marketing really has evolved to 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 meet our needs and so i, I think that's that's the 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 guide here is right, like deliver what the organization needs at that time in its journey. Um, and that can span anything from, you know, top of the funnel ads, campaigns, creative, all the way deep into conversion and um, retention and upgrades and customer service and all these great things that that the marketing team could touch. That's super interesting. I, I think that's a really good explanation for my my understanding thus far about the role of marketing and why it's like, quote unquote, hard, because there's there's constant change and it's always trial and error. And if you're doing a good job, then then your job is changing. Um, but that also makes it really interesting because you're adapting directly with the growth of the company, with the growth of the product. Um, have you seen any interesting changes or ebbs and flows in the industry as a whole from from your time here, from where you're sitting as CMO? Yeah, well, certainly uh, the focus uh, has become more about a CMO being data-driven. I think um, in, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, marketing was seen more as a creative role, as uh, advertising. How do you reach customers? How do you create campaigns? Now it's switched more into how do you drive conversion? How are you growth hacking. I know that's sort of an old word now, but still kind of new. Um, how, how do you hack growth without spending money? How do you um, align with your product and, and really lean into products and features and, and virality and referral to drive growth and, and be connected to, to your customer and that data without having to spend money? And, and I think that's the, a, a big shift that I've seen over the years in, in this particular role is you, you've got to be data-driven, you've got to be product-aligned, and you've got to be leveraging what you have without needing to, um, you know, spend huge money across big campaigns. So I would love now to put that lens on your latest initiative as CMO, Stash 101, um, as we're talking about it from a branding perspective. Stash 101 is Stash's financial literacy program, which recently became the standard curriculum for middle schools across North Carolina's public school system. That's a huge win. Um, and for some background, only a handful of states are currently even requiring students to learn about personal finance, which is an improvement from, from none, um, but only a handful still uh, requiring uh, something along the lines of, of, of a semester half credit course during high school at some point. Um, and that's the only requirement for their entire K through 12. Of course, teachers are teaching that outside of those requirements, but that's currently the standardization. Financial literacy initiatives are really only starting to scratch the surface. From, from your worldview, Dale, as a personal finance tech company, how, how do you see the problem of financial literacy? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge problem. When, when you have a potential customer base that is um, coming out of school and starting their lives and they don't know how the basics work. They don't know how to manage their money. It's, it's a challenge to even uh, engage with and, and use our product appropriately. Um, so Stash 101 really is a manifestation um, of, of our organizational focus around education. So it's, it's something Stash has been committed to since the beginning. 
Um, we believe that, you know, when a person has the knowledge to manage their own finances and then the tools to do it themselves, they can have amazing outcomes. And so we've, we've always prioritized education here and um, specifically now with our Stash 101 program, that's just the next step in the journey. Um, Stash 101 enables us to build out free educational experiences for uh, the general pop population and also for students. Um, and my, my goal really is to make sure we're giving that free education to people that need it the most, kids, schools, young adults, and then hopefully giving them more education investment advice when they become a Stash subscriber. And <clears throat> our, our target audience for Stash is millennials specifically, and the majority of Americans we know, as, as you mentioned, you know, some of the challenges, they're, they're also living paycheck to paycheck. And 33% of Americans aren't currently invested. And that's a huge, huge miss in, in the opportunity to grow wealth. And so when we can address this market and help them understand why they should be investing and how to invest, and we can reach them at younger ages, we can really impact change. For Stash 101, you know, we're, we're reaching all the way down to students and teachers, K through 12, even some post-secondary uh, with our classroom experience. And that really gets them started on their journey. So the, the, the more we can evolve that programming, the more we can get states like North Carolina to get on board. And um, the, the more states actually that require financial literacy education in their high school curriculum, I think the better off our population will be and the more opportunity for Stash to continue to deliver this much needed service for, for these young adults and for our customers. That's beautiful. So, so right now, those, those handful of states that I mentioned uh, requiring a one semester half credit course, which is so much more than we've had, definitely more than I had in high school, um, but it's obviously not enough. People's financial picture is, is very complicated, um, much more complicated than a one semester curriculum, I think. And, and, and to, that, to that regard, how did you end up designing Stash 101 so that it addresses those multiple touch points of people's financial lives um, and then retain them in, in, so that you can meet them again beyond that K through 12, where the majority of your potential customers actually are? Yeah, so um, Stash 101, you can think about as, you know, Stash's educational experience. We have a classroom product that is in schools. And um, right now we have over 100,000 students with access to it. In the fall, over the summer, we should see another half a million come to the front door and use that classroom product through a lot of the partnerships that we have um, created, including North Carolina, including Foolproof Me. We're also working with an organization called NoCap to deliver um, financial literacy curriculum to uh, student athletes. And, um, you know, the other piece to this for Stash is providing education to the masses, right? Not just through schools. And so we have um, find a Finlit course that we can engage all, all 18 plus generally coming to the front door. And then also we have this really cool uh, game called Fantasy Investing. And um, you can play now. I challenge you actually to pick a diversified lineup of um, stocks and bonds and ETFs and then play against the, the general population in a, a weekly game. And it, this is another way for us to engage people in 
investing and in, in finance. And it's a fun way to do it where there's no risk because you, you don't have to pay to play. It's not gambling. It's, it's a, a, a cool way to introduce somebody to uh, a diversified portfolio, the better way to invest, not an investment simulator. And, and they can watch it over the week and see how it performs and, and maybe win some money if they're on the top of the leaderboard. And so we're, we're continuously building out these unique ways to introduce people to financial literacy and, and the basics of, of investing or, or budgeting. And um, we'll continue to do that so long as, as we're providing value and we get that engagement. That sounds awesome. So, so, so speaking of engagement, Stash 101 is completely 100% free, which is great. And that's because the engagement ultimately funnels people back to your personal finance app, Stash. Is that right? Yes. So 101 is free. Um, and then it, when we have the opportunity to, we will offer our 101 um, audiences, whether that be teachers, obviously not students because they're using a free product in school, um, but other folks like um, the general population that comes in place, fantasy investing, will say, hey, did you enjoy this amazing uh, game? You can invest for real when you open a stash account. And that's one way for us to reach this audience that we're giving this education and then also hopefully engage them in our stash product, which should deliver them the tools and more advice and education that they need to drive their own financial outcomes. So, so what you're setting out to create is really a, a lifelong user experience through the medium, through the medium of education. It should be. Cradle to grave, we like to say. Um, we have custodial accounts for, for young stashers. And um, then we have retirement accounts. We have Roth and traditional IRAs. We have personal brokerage accounts. We also have a bank account. So when you open a stash account, and, and really it's a subscription to your financial life, you have all of these different products and features that can serve you in many of your life stages. And um, even, even if you don't have the money to invest, you can use our banking service and it's called a stock back card. You'll get it in the mail and you can actually earn stock and invest just by spending on everyday items that you need to live. So you don't need to have a huge bankroll to in, get the most out of a stash account. You can use us for our banking services that are no fees, um, no monthly minimums, and you get stock back. And uh, it's really fun, actually. You swipe your card at Walmart. You get a little bit of Walmart stock. You swipe your card at um, uh, the, you know, oh, you put it on, yes, I have it on my Netflix subscription. So every month I get, ding, I get a little Netflix stock because, of course, I binge watch everything on Netflix. Um, and then even, even when you swipe it at, like, the... Um, uh, uh, bodega or a vending machine, you're going to get a little bit of a diversified ETF um, that you've picked. So it, it's really a, a product that can serve you regardless of where you are in, in, in your finance journey. And um, we're really proud of that because we've created a lot of different ways for customers to grow wealth and learn along the way um, without being a high you know, uh, a high cost and, and it's a very transparent fee. It's a subscription fee and it, it's, it's not variable, it's fixed. 
Well, I'm definitely sold. Um, if I was living in the U.S. right now, I think I'd seriously consider using Stash. But um, but I'm not sure that all Americans out there know why why something like Stash is important yet. That's the that's the issue with financial literacy. I think maybe Stash seems attractive to me naturally because I know enough about investing. And I also know what I don't know about investing. I, I basically know that it's very, very important that I need to continue learning and, and developing it um, and, and, and having a catch-all service that is going to help me both learn and manage my finances and my investments, my current and future wealth seems like an obvious, naturally good idea. Um, but there are p people out there who never learned how important it is to invest um, or how possible it is to invest, right? The 99%. What about all those people who... who who never were taught to believe that they deserve a comfortable or even successful financial life. So as a marketer, how are you how are you reaching those people? How are you normalizing the idea of understanding money markets, understanding the need and how to preserve and build your wealth? And and how do you use data to know whether you're doing a good job at it at all? The Stash 101 platform for the classroom is not just a financial literacy course. It's actually a very robust piece of software that teachers can use in the younger grades to manage their classroom, to create a classroom economy and engage the students in like really fun kind of game of life um, before they even need to get into those more, you know, um, heavy financial topics. Um, young kids are learning how to have income come in either through classroom chores or or fake jobs that they take and they get an income in they see it come into a, a virtual bank account they have a ledger they see the balance and then they're able to manage that money and redeem it for rewards in a marketplace so it starts really easy and and really early and you're able to, we're able to assess the success of of this type of program with pre and post uh, surveys and, and quizzes to show how the kids have increased their financial literacy and then we're using that information to go out and share with other organizations, with other nonprofits, with other districts, with other states, and, and see how we can help them deliver something similar in their state. The problem with financial literacy requirements is it's actually different. Every state and, and every district is um, interpreting it in different ways. And uh, that's a challenge for us, how to stay on top of it and how to make sure we're, we're delivering the right information and the right experience for um, those students and, and those organizations. But a lot of the data is, is going to be pre-post work um, and, and student outcome driven. Well, starting them young is definitely a good idea for hacking it um, and sort of uh, interrupting the natural course of events because, you know, early on, for better or worse, we learn how to or, or how not to think about finances from those adults around us. And then we sort of take that with us for life and hopefully build on top of that um, and improve that. Um, did you build this program in-house or did you partner with another creator or other creators to bring this curriculum onto the Stash brand universe? We have been building out um, this sort of idea of free financial education for a while and um, then I, we found a unique startup called Paygrade, um, created by a husband and wife team. The, the wife, uh, Janessa Boulay, is a, a middle school teacher. And um, she was really solving a problem she had in her own classroom about how to teach the kids personal finance. She's really passionate about it. 
and um, she somehow convinced her husband to quit his job and help her build it. And so over uh, a series of years, they, they, they started building out the, the software and the platform that then enables teachers to come in, customize it for their classroom, the age of their students and what their needs are and what the curriculum they have to deliver is, and um, really use it to meet their goals. And so um, we, we were able to acquire PayGrade and we um, rebranded to be part of Stash 101. And um, it's become a really exciting part of our strategy and a, a media property that we can use and deploy for partnerships for schools in, in this free capacity. So it's definitely just a piece of 101, but a really valuable piece that um, we hope to continue to evolve over time. So we're talking a lot about children, and that's definitely very important to get them early. But we know that even if financial literacy became mandatory in every school district, children don't grow up in the same homes. Financial literacy and lack thereof can often be seen as a community-based problem. Um, this is something that the report also found the social, socioeconomic um, niches of financial illiteracy. Um, hoping you can speak about that a little bit of, of, of potentially what Stash is doing to address these community-based um, um, discrepancies in financial literacy. So um, through 101 and our classroom, yes, we we do target and and work to reach communities that don't necessarily have the same access to education. Um, and because it's free, it enables us to really deliver a value add to those communities. Um, Stash in its entirety actually serves these populations really well um, because we are such a transparent, um, we have such a transparent subscription fee and model and we give so much back to our customers. We feel we are really well positioned to provide a ton of value to these communities, to provide the advice and education that generally is reserved for the wealthy or people that are going to, you know, an advisor um, and just providing that access, that education in a simple, clear, efficient way. Can you give an example? So we know that um, we have a high percentage of Miami uh, citizens on the Stash app. And um, we, we know that because of zip code analysis and concentrations, and uh, we over-index in Miami. And that is an underserved population that we have targeted specifically with an advertising campaign and um, educational efforts. And so that consists of actually a, a focused digital media strategy in Miami, as well as um, partnerships and at a home so that we show up in the community and then we show up digitally and we have partnered with um, uh, the city of Miami. We've partnered with uh, an organization called Gear Up um, and we have a, um, actually next week, we are going to be um, hosting a panel at a event called Black, um, Black Future Weekend with DreamCorps. And um, we are showing up for that community in a, in a very specific way with Stash as an opportunity for them to get started and promo money for them to, to make it easy for them to, to get 
their accounts opened and, and get their financial future started and their journey going. So it's really a 360 approach when we're going after target populations and trying to help a community. Um, and it's everything from digital to events to out of home and, um, and nonprofit work. And uh, I, I'm really excited about the work that we've been doing in Miami and we will continue to do in Miami uh, as, as it's just a, a community that needs our services. And we've seen have a lot of success when they are on our platform using it in, in all the different ways they can uh, use it to grow wealth. Sounds amazing. So, so, so before we wrap up, Dale, I, I want to bring all these anecdotes and ideas back to the bigger thing at play here, which is the stash brand at large. Financial literacy is obviously very important, but this is the Acquire podcast. And, and I want to know where does financial literacy fit in Stash's brand ecosystem? It sits at the center, really. Our guiding principles are uh, to get, provide simplicity and clarity and efficiency. And um, that brand mission we have is to empower you to build wealth. And education really is at base of that. If you don't have the knowledge and the know-how and, and you're not empowered to actually execute, you're never going to get there. And so we have to continue to invest in, in educating our customers and providing that support and advice. And then with, with that, we can ladder you into financial success and, and create those great outcomes. So, so looking into the near and maybe not so near future, what would be a huge success uh, for your team and for Stash as a whole? Uh, Stash as a financial advisor, a financial app in everyone's pocket in America, and everyone having a Stash account that was helping them uh, invest as they spent with stock back and, and grow wealth automatically with all the tools and uh, features that we provide. I would love to see a population, now let's just go like really far out, that isn't in debt, that actually knows how to manage a budget, that um, is fiscally responsible, that is less stressed because they have, you know, more hope, less fear around their finances, um, that their finances feel like a place that, that, that they're not freaked out and they can... Um, plan for the future, think about a vacation, think about, you know, the, the things they want to do to live their lives. Like, these are like lofty, lofty ideas. But I think the more people that we can reach with our product, the more Americans that have access to it, the, the better the outcomes are. Well, I certainly feel more hopeful um, just from speaking to you and learning about Stash's initiatives to alleviate financial stress. The problem is, is huge. Uh, everybody is financially stressed and um, financial literacy is, is definitely a solution for that. Um, and it's so exciting to hear about people doing their piece in the puzzle to solve it uh, and, and transparently as well. So thank you so much, Dale, for taking the time to speak with us today. This was episode 13, 13 of Acquire, Tear Sheets Marketing Podcast. Very exciting. Uh, we had the honor to speak with Dale Sperling, CMO, personal finance app Stash, about reaching untapped markets creatively across ages and different communities through the medium of financial education. To read the transcript of our conversation, you can head on over to the Tearsheet website and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on the Acquire podcast by subscribing to our marketing newsletter. 
and following Tearsheet on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, or especially if you have a more recent figure on financial literacy that I might have missed, please write them to me at Rebecca at I was your host, Rebecca Cohen. Until next time.